church boys. So we have some breaking uh, Hollywood news going on. I, I, mm. I believe last week, was it last last episode or a recent episode, we discussed Billy's desire for some reason to, <laughs> to join the Screen Actors Guild. Yes. Uh, and so, now I want to join even more because there's a slot open. So tell, so <laughs> Billy, give, it, give a little update about so, Billy, okay. Well, give a little update about what happened today. There's a very breaking story, as you were saying, very exciting um, and exuberant news that former Home Alone 2 actor Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump, I'm sorry, I'm reading the BuzzFeed headline, which is the best headline ever. And the headline reads, Home Alone 2 actor Donald Trump resigned from the Screen Actors Guild in the pettiest letter. <laughs> now, when I saw that they were going to obviously hold Trump accountable, saying they were going to boot him out. So he decided that he would leave before they could do that. And he wrote this letter that is, I mean, I think back to Twitter, and now that Trump's not on Twitter, the Trumpiest tweets ever basically made their way into a perfectly crafted letter that he fired off in this bizarre <laughs> Donald Trump with a seal at the top it's, of it. That it's I like, you're not breaking up with me. Right. I'm breaking up right. with you it's, sort it's, of attitude, it's, it's, right? It's almost, like, it's almost like Donald Trump called the Babylon Bee. And said, would you write a yes. resignation letter to SAG for me? <laughs> let, let me just read the lead, the first paragraph of this letter, because I treat it as an article. So he said, I write to you today regarding the so-called disciplinary committee hearing aimed at revoking my union membership, period. Who cares? Exclamation point. <laughs> That's how it starts. Now, he, he also goes out of his way. And he's addressing the head of SAG, who played 95-year-old Andrea in 90210, the, the elderliest <laughs> high school person ever. She's been not like a high school character. She's the head of SAG, right? She's the, so he's addressing her. And he always, you know, Trump always has to go out of his way to let it be known that even though he knows your work, he doesn't know your work because you don't matter. And so the next line is, while I'm not familiar with your work, I'm very <laughs> I'm very proud. I'm very proud of my work on movies such as Brace Yourself. Home Alone 2, Zoolander, and Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, and television shows including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Saturday Night Live, and of course, one of the most successful shows in television history, The Apprentice, just to name a few, exclamation point. I had forgotten he was on that second Zoolander movie. <laughs> We, now we are only two paragraphs in. I will tell you that this letter goes on to talk. He talks about how he has greatly helped the cable news business, and it was said to be a dying platform. And not much time left until he got involved in politics. Um, I don't. Apparently, he has saved cable. Now, the part of this I do really love. He's like and created thousands of jobs at networks such as MSDNC and Fake News CNN, among many others. Uh, now. This this is very interesting, okay? He goes on to say that SAG is worthless. And what's interesting to that to me about that is that Luke is also very angry at SAG. Very angry all the time at SAG. Angry. Why? He's Luke an angry is. woman okay, so all the time. You're probably going to get me in trouble here. But, you know, look, I think that I... SAG um, does not do – I mean, I don't think Trump's wrong in his accusations against SAG. They don't do – that much for their talent you know the you have to be way high up at the list to really benefit from sag um most of these actors are starving you know barely able to you know like now there's not even ta tables to wait anymore in places like california or new york 
you know, hardly. And so, you know, but they have these dues they have to pay in order to stay involved and everything else. It's, well, it's like $200 a year. I get it. It's like $250 well, a year. The, the initial payment is not right. No, so, the initial payment is, is like 3000. And a lot of these actors never get beyond that. So in order to get in, like you would, you would make sense that like there's some sort of stag or whatever. And I don't think it's even that it, the payment is so, you know, egregious or something like that. I think that they're the bigger issue is that you know SAG makes it very difficult for me as a producer and and to work and the benefits and the protections that they're giving their talent I don't think uh, are near what they could be and look I'm not a union guy overall it's not to say that everybody's any unions bad or whatever but I, I think that they're you know I, I just it just feels when you talk to filmmakers SAG does not have a good reputation when you talk to actors SAG does not have a good reputation. And so um, it's it's just this necessary evil that feels like that it has to exist in the film business. But I don't think Trump's wrong with the accusations that he's making. Well, well, I just I wanted to acknowledge one other quick thing. When you took those glasses from Elton John and put them on your face, <laughs> did you feel at all, though, you had perpetuated some sort of evil? <laughs> so uh, here's but- the deal with these glasses. So first of all, if I tilt my head up, you can see my ring light in them. But the these are blue light glasses. And uh, so my eyesight, of course, is perfect, like everything else, you know, with my body. But the um, that got no rise out of anyone. Well, because um, nobody believes in blue light glasses. I know that you all you're buying into this. Hype I have trouble sleeping glasses. sometimes at night. And so I'm, you know, this bright light staring at the glow and the aura coming off of both of you. I'm oh just afraid God. it's going to keep me up at night. All right, I need to get back to Trump's letter because I I you took us I yes. deviated with a joke that yes, somehow brought us into blue light drama. <laughs> so he ends this letter, and I'm just gonna read that. I no longer wish to be associated with your union. As such, this letter is to inform you of my immediate resignation from SAG-AFTRA. You have done nothing for me. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they would let him go with what with his talent and all. I mean, everybody knows he can memorize lines, right? Person, woman. Man, camera, TV. They say, that's amazing. How did you do that? So I'm surprised that they would even have the debate about letting him go, right? That they're like, we got to kick this guy out. Nobody in Hollywood can memorize lines the way he does. Nobody can, Look, can do it. I don't, I don't care. If Sag wants to kick somebody out, kick somebody out. But the, I mean, and I feel the same way. I mean, we're seeing this in multiple places. The inconsistency with which we are kicking people out is what bothers me. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a rule that says people that, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, hit this threshold or whatever, we're not going to, you know, allow kind of be part of our club. Great. But the inconsistency, I mean, is is crazy. You know, yeah. we have somebody I'm sure Madonna has not gotten a letter, you know, after saying that she wanted to blow up the White House, you know, that that they were going to toss her out or something. Kathy, like that. In fact, Kathy Griffin did basically get kind of canceled over her thing, which that was interesting because it doesn't always happen. That is one person who did. Yeah, listen, at, I think, you know, this is all going back to the emotions of that January 6th day and people are still acting out on that. I do think there's a lot of inconsistency in how people behave and talk about it. And you know, now that we're heading towards this impeachment trial, it's just going to heat up again. This is not going to go away. We're going to be talking about this and it's going to be a thing. And at the at the end of the day. I don't think Donald Trump's going to be going back to do cameos in movies again. I mean, I don't think I don't think that was the trajectory he was on. Bother to have a SAG membership in the first place. Was he would he have been required to be to be in those movies? Yes, those movies, those movies. Yeah, they would have had to. You'd have to Taft Hartley somebody or or, you know, uh, have them be SAG. But like when he's when he's like, so he's not in them now. I 
obviously now he can them, be in my movies he can jump, he can jump out without but without can, a say oh, yeah, that I, would be yeah you so, you really want to be canceled Lucas. but why can he be in your i don't i get i don't get the so SAG rules. i do How a modified we, sag agreement so with with a lot of not every film i'm you know doing part of but you know when you have like our last movie was a video on demand it's it's doing theatrical in australia new zealand a few other places but in the states it's video on demand and so we did a modified sag agreement that allowed us to have union and non-union talent so i can bring anybody in the film that i want that's non-union um, you know, but if I use a SAG actor, I just have to follow SAG law and kind of rules and guidelines for the, and, and the pay structure and, the and pay, pay structure. structure for that actor. So, so it doesn't apply universally to extras or so anybody are, in the movie. Are, are movies required to hire SAG actors or are they, if they to? have a SAG contract based upon a budget level, that's high enough, then yes. Even how like the, your, how in the your world, background how talent. in the world does this at all legal? that they can require that nationwide or is it state by state? So you, okay. Well, you can make a movie without SAG, but in order to get the, this is where I have to work with them because you can make a movie with, you know, uh, anywhere you want and put whoever you want in it, unless they're SAG talent. So because the actors have signed with SAG and basically every good actor is with SAG uh, with very few exceptions, um, or at least I should say this way, every known actor with very few exceptions is with SAG. I'm sure there's wonderful actors that have not signed with SAG. Right. Um, but if you want distribution value in your film, you have to have a SAG actor in it. And so therefore you have to sign a SAG contract gotcha. in order to all do right. that. Well, gotcha. and they have health. Be so and if you're an actor, they have health benefits and all that, too, that you can opt into, which is why you would join in the first right. place. Yes. Oh, OK, yes. that makes more sense. That makes and look, sense. there are protections that need to exist, you know, for. Um, you know, just just things like health, safety, uh, making sure that you're not on, you know, some creepy project, making sure there's some sort of, you know, recourse that can happen to producers that are bad actors and everything, you know, no pun intended. Um, but but I think that there's there's like, a, you know, many, you know, kind of unions or government organizations or whatever. There's just a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucracy that I think is unnecessary. Okay. Well. Trump is no longer in it. And at the end of the day, that's all we, I just I it is funny to me. I really do think he is a unique character in that he cares. I've never seen somebody who cares so much about their image who yet does not really care what people think at the same time. It's a very weird dynamic. It's like I'm the best. I saved cable. You would have gone out, out of business without me. And now I'm going to write an insane letter that everyone's going to judge me for. And I don't care what they think. Like I don't know how to figure it out. I don't. It, I think, it's very. But, no, but see, I think I think that's. I think you're wrong. I think that he does care what people think because he knows that there's a certain subset of America that's going to look at that letter that he wrote to SAG and go, "Good, I want to give him the finger too." That's what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, but but this is consistent with him though behavior. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's just he knows some people. But I I feel like he really. There's an element of Donald Trump caring about what people think for sure when it has to do with him being successful. Right. right. Or in charge. But I think there's really an element that he's like, I will say whatever I want and I don't really care right, but what that the gets consequences back to what, are. But that gets back to what Lucas said is like, you can't fire me. I quit. Right. I'm, you're not right. breaking up with me. I break up with you. And it would have to him would have looked bad. It looks like a loss if SAG kicks him out. Well, I'm apparently, by the way, there were rumors in December that he was talking about bringing The Apprentice back. These were un, unsubstantiated reports, but there were a couple people who had come forward. I now, that I don't know how that could work. I mean, he could. I mean, in theory, you could make a television show without SAG talent and sell it to a network and still 
have it placed. So what I about, think in theory. What about like Celebrity Apprentice though? That, so would Celebrity Apprentice would be hard because technically those people are going on the show with a SAG not, agreement. But, but they're not actors in that place. They're they are reality show. So, <laughs> I they think they're, they're about still SAG, yeah, there's still SAG agreements with reality shows. Okay. Um, so yeah, they have, I mean, they have an agreement for everything. If you, you know, if it's on social media, if it's on YouTube, if there's a different agreement for everything you can think of with SAG. Yeah. So I, it'd be hard to, I mean, it's honestly, it's hard to get around. So that's why we do a modified for like our lower budget stuff. And, you know, when we're talking lower budget, we're, you know, I mean, even up to a million dollars, you know, you can still kind of have union and non-union. You go over that. And you typically would have, you know, these these much uh, more strict um, SAG agreements. Gotcha. Well, I'm sad for SAG. They had a, v- a very major. You're loss. not sad for SAG, and here's and here's why. Here's how Lucas and I know you're not sad for SAG, <laughs> because we were privy to a phone call that was left on our answering machine. So just we'll play that now. I thought that was nice of them to call and leave that message. Congratulations. I I really, I mean, when I was raptured that moment, the amount of artistic expression and work that went into that and left behind was extensive. And when I sat across from Judge Janine in God's Not Dead 3. You, the you, realize that all, that. you realize that every role Billy has played has required him to, to sit. <laughs> and that's all. Listen, I worked very hard. I sat and I didn't even have to speak. And and forgot your pants. I just had to make sure. <laughs> he's the only. I never got. I never got my jeans back. He's the it's only. He's the only Christian actor who can say, "I left my pants." I, I left my sense. pants behind. <laughs> uh, but I. Which they I then, the other day. They, I am still then, SAG eligible. I still which am. They I, then I, used, which they then <laughs> used. For an awning. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. It's not even funny. So uh, Billy, Mar- by the way, Marjorie Taylor Miles. Should we talk about Marjorie Taylor Miles? <laughs> Just a minute. By the way, by the way, this this brought me great joy today. Billy sends me a Facebook live video of something that's going on with another movie that's being filmed. What was it? It was oh, for God's not, because because uh, David A. R. White did a, a Facebook live yes. video for a, a yeah. for a. It's a it's one of the God's Not Dead movies. It's shooting now, right? It's shooting now because yeah. they yeah. did it yesterday, and Billy sent it to me. <laughs> and the, what does Billy say about the video that he's watching? Does he say, "Oh, it's just so nice to see David A. R. White"? Oh, isn't that that actress who's sitting there with him? Isn't she lovely? I bet she's going to do a great job. Oh, there's there's Judge Janine playing her role, and she came and spoke. It's sure, it's nice to see. It. Nope, nope, that's not what he said at all. You know what Billy said? 
Billy said, I was so mad they didn't ask me to be in. <laughs> That's where I, I think the exact was. words were, I'm still bitter I wasn't cast. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, if you're listening, I'm upset. There must not have been any, you know, uh, roles. Shut up, Lucas. Shut up. Right. <laughs> you know, I honestly, at the end of the now day. Now that you have this sex status, though. You know, well, I haven't. You, you I have haven't invitation. actually done it. I haven't actually. I'm st- I'm seg eligible, but I haven't. But now, I, you got a personal invitation. That's right. I don't want to spend the three thousand dollars. I just don't. But you know, I don't mind spending two fifty a year. I'm happy to do that. If I'm going to do a roll or two a year where I sit on an airplane and I pretend that I'm raptured, I'm there for right, it. Right. You want to pay any, me to any, any, something, any movies it. where you might have to move around and they provide a wheelchair? Be fine. Scooter. You know, I actually got a script. Hold on. I have a script oh, no. in my email from an it doesn't involve Pure Flix. It's an outside movie. A, it's not a casting director that I knew. Not, and wait, I'm going to read the script and see not, if there's a role that I think I could audition for. It's not I'm pornographic. It. It's not pornographic, is it? <laughs> you know what? It's a wonder that this is a Christian show. <laughs> I'm making sure for the sake of our audience that you're oh, not trying please. to lead them astray. He's worried about your purity. Yeah. I am, Billy. I, I, can, can we address the glasses? Are Is there a tint on those glasses? They're, they're blue like there's an, No, there's an orange yeah, tint. Yeah, they look orange. So, yeah. I don't or know tan. how you get rid of blue light. No, it's not a blue light issue. It's an Elton John issue. These are the same glasses like, that he wore like, when he was I don't think he was like, on Candle with the Wind. You know what they're it's clear. like? You know, like when when your seventy, you know, your sixty to seventy year old parents come in from outdoors and they've got transition lenses and they've been yeah. indoors for about ten minutes and the transition's just <laughs> okay, I'm getting got, into it. It's fading. I have them halfway over my face. Yeah, and I'm the same color on no, the top. You and look the bottom. you look tanner below than you do above. Hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. When I'm sleeping good tonight. I mean, I <laughs> don't your, even know well, how long have why you had this these? is happening. <laughs> All right, so this this episode Church was brought to you by Blue Blockers. Should we actually start the show? No, should we start the show? Oh wait, I'm gonna have my just a second. I got a way to start the show. Just a minute. Izzy, come here. Can you imagine being this person's children? Oh, those poor kids. <laughs> just I, a second. Izzy! Come here. She's, hi- she's actually hiding somewhere because she's like, I don't want to deal with this man. Lucy, so Lucy, before just before just before we dialed in, she goes, Lucy, Lucy goes, Daddy, be sure to tell Billy that Lucy says hello, Princess Billy. I said, okay, <laughs> tell I'm gonna tell said All right, hello. You're gonna tell your jo- Izzy's got a joke for you, Billy. Okay, I'm ready. This is my this is this is my daughter Izzy. She's 13. She's so she's a little nervous. Can you hear? I no, I can't hear. Okay, put those on. Hey, Izzy. Hi. Hi. We hear you got a joke for us. Yeah, it's from one of my classmates. Um, so why'd the chicken cross the road? Why? Um, to get to the idiot's house. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Hello. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. I had to have her tell that joke because she told it to me last week and I almost fell out of my chair with it. And I don't even know why. It just it just struck me as hilarious and I haven't been able to stop 
laughing about it. So I wanted to say your father so bad for the <laughs> idiot. Part. Like, stop yourself. Stop yourself. <laughs> your daughter's awesome. I, and by the way, you have a 13. You have a teenager. I which know. We're not talking you, about that. How old are you? Oh, 115. Ancient. Easy. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay, so now I was kind of I was telling you this beforehand, right? But with so football practice started this week, so not bad for a guy who's 45 years old. Okay. Out there on the football field, kind of scrimmage with him a little bit where I can't. We have to wear we have to wear face masks out on the friggin' football field. Can you believe this? Anyway, it'd be in pods of six. So we're trying to follow all that, but then we're doing conditioning, and I was leading conditioning today, and in the last at the end of conditioning, of course they've been doing some conditioning already. But we got twenty two guys out, and uh, I said, okay, whoever beats me in this last one hundred yard sprint, you can be done with conditioning. And four guys out of twenty two beat me. That's it. So not bad for an old fatty. It's actually the first high school team where every member has no legs. <laughs> so I don't know what it says about me or the team. I'm not sure. Maybe we've got a really slow team. But no, can I? Just, I picture you as like Sonic the Hedgehog, but like a human meatball, where you just rolling. go to a ball, you roll down the hill. It's like I told you, I got a 50 yard head start, and it was my momentum that carried me. Through. It's just a big meatball going down the hill, and <laughs> no, meatball. Our, our football's on, our football field's on a on a hill. So it's, anyway, so what were we going? What were we going to next? Oh, um, oh, Marjorie, wait, Marjorie, before Marjorie you do Tyler? that, before, before we hit that. Okay. So remember we were talking about Trump being petty. Did you guys see the story today that Trump is, <laughs> this I know kills what you're me. Say. Trump is so, <laughs> Trump is so frustrated by his Twitter ban that he's writing out insults and asking aides to tweet them. <laughs> he's, he's suggesting insults to his aides. <laughs> I just picture him. Because <laughs> you know everybody pictured him sitting on the toilet at three o'clock in the morning on his you know on his iPhone on Twitter on his Twitter machine and so now so now he's sitting on the toilet with a pad of paper and a sharpie coming up with all these insults and throws them on his secretary's desk says shoot those out would you I picture like uh, the Jimmy Fallon like writing the thank you notes you know just kind of <laughs> guys how crazy is this impeachment gonna get oh. how crazy do we think oh. it's gonna get. It could be it could be glorious. It could be like if they start calling witnesses, if they start calling witnesses, this could, this could be a pretty entertaining next. You know, it's going to be like a Kentucky family reunion. Right. Um, well, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I, I don't know. Like, I think it means that there like, could be like there could be some wild things happening, like some um, some. some Kissing between close relatives, and well, I, I, I don't know where you're going here. Maybe that too. It's probably not healthy for the country to like marinate in this. After part of it's like after everything that happened, would it not be better to just move on? He was the impeachment already happened. Like I, you know, whether people think he deserved it or not, we can move forward. But I actually think the end game is to make sure, and I don't know that they'll be able to do this, that he can't run again. Yeah. Well, they have to by by constitution, they have to have a trial. It doesn't mean it has to be a long trial, but the 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 impeachment because happened in the House. In the, the Constitution in the requires that the Senate has to take it up. That doesn't mean that the Senate has to do anything serious with it, but they have to take it up constitutionally. And could of course, they do that in a smaller way, though. I mean, well, they could, could they do, do that. Without... They could shorter. They could agree. They could agree to it being ten minutes and and over. I mean, that's. But they have to take it up. That's it's required. So, and in fact, last week. We were going to talk about this last week, but then we had to not have the show because a whole bunch of stuff came up, which is fine. Um, we all had some stuff happening in our lives, so we didn't record last week. But we were going to talk about this. But, you know, Chuck Schumer was was out talking about how this will be coming up because people said, can't we just not do this? As, as many people on the right and I think on the left are going, what, what's even the point anymore? 
What's even the point of doing this? And people are saying it's accountability. And Chuck Schumer made it clear, though, exactly what this was about. Here we go. But make no mistake, there will be a trial. And when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. Well, then, maybe there does need to be a trial. Oh because Billy, it's... he's not in your movie, is he? Oh, no, no, <laughs> thankfully. Um, you know, you guys are just gross people. Um, I but I would say it. I, I would. I don't. I just. I'm overwhelmed by how stupid this country currently, in this yeah. moment, I'm not going to say permanently, is acting. Okay, yes. the the stupidity that is overtaking everybody. And listen, yeah. I want to say, I do sides. think. I'm trying to be the type of person who can look at something and say, I disagree with this particular person, or I'm not sure I agree with them, or I think they're wrong, but I can admire what the, I can admire the stand that they're taking. Right. And I actually would call out uh, Kristen Cinema. Am I saying her last name yeah. properly? Yep. I would call her out because there are plenty of things I disagree with her on, yet I find many times she goes out of her way to try to be fair at the State of the Union, standing up. She's a Democrat. You're from Arizona, she's standing up, applauding things that Trump was doing that she agreed with, right? I think those are the kinds of people we need more of in politics, not obviously on worldview, but the types of people who can be fair. I would argue that the 10 Republicans who decided to vote to impeach Trump, that we could disagree or agree with their action, but that they knew they were going to be on the chopping block. You have to really believe it to do that. Yeah. And so whether, and I know this is probably a struggle for you, Lucas, but maybe not, I can't speak for you, but but for somebody to take that stand knowing they might lose their seat over it and that they're going to be mistreated over it because they really believe it's the right thing, I can respect that. I can admire that and actually say, you know, Liz Cheney, I can understand it, right? So I can too. We, I, yeah, we just need more people like so that. I, I feel like here's, but, but I think a question that should, I think a question that is worth posing to her, I guess maybe it's it's water under the bridge. It doesn't matter anymore. She can say whatever she wants. But if her vote had been the deciding vote on whether or not he was impeached, would she have voted to impeach? Mm, that's right. a good question and that, and that tells you whether it's a principled stand or not right right yeah well, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with somebody you know acting i mean i want people to act upon things that they they believe in and i can respect somebody even when i do disagree with them um you know but it, you know at what point do you draw that line you know because you know you could sit there and go well you know that guy's he's a satanist he's acting on his principles that he you know right. holds to do you still respect that Yep. Do you still and but I think we can treat everybody with dignity in disagreement. I think there's a way to do that. I think it's a it's it's a it's a lost art. You know, we don't see that hardly at all in our culture. Um, and, you know, how can you uh, how you navigate that, I think, is is a challenge for a lot of people. But um, I, I, I want people to, you know, to to vote and stand for things that they believe in. And ideally, they're also as representatives they are also standing for their constituents. And what their constituents believe in, you know, as well. Um, and I think that that's also something that we've we've seen, you know, challenged, I think, over the last, uh, you know, in recent years. Well, yeah, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, you know, I told you guys offline and it hasn't aired yet, but I sat down for half an hour with Jamie Herrera Butler, who voted. She was one of the 10 who voted to impeach. And she talked very deeply about her Christian faith and how watching she had voted for Trump, you know, watching what happened on January 6th and his behavior both before, during and after that she felt it, that she had to, that she was compelled by, yeah, I, I can't put words in her mouth, but essentially by her faith. And she believed it was the right thing to do. And she, her constituents and her fa people, not family, but people she knows 
who know her very well are very angry with her. Yeah. You know, so that's an interesting dynamic too. So you know, not to go ahead. Didn't 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 she? She's the congresswoman from Washington State. From yes. she's from the western side. Um, didn't she vote also not to certify the election? I believe so. I'd have to look. I can't. I think so. I well. So she believe. I mean, she said in the interview just. You know, which is really interesting. Did she think there were anomalies in certain arenas with the election? She said, yes, I thought there yeah. were things that were off. You know, that's the kind of person, though. Again, she's somebody who I think she didn't vote for Trump in 2016, did vote for him in 2020 and then voted to impeach him. I mean, and it's on conviction. And I can no. say, again, I, we may not agree with that decision, some of us, but but I understand how she arrived at it after getting a chance to kind of hear that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's anyway. But don't we you need people. Go ahead. I guess I guess I I would want her to explain if she did vote not to certify, if she voted against certification of election, how how does she excuse herself from the incitement of the riot? Because the accusation from the from from the left has been that Trump incited this riot not simply at the at the stop the steal rally, but that he was inciting the riot from the day after the election to the 6th of January for two months that he was inciting because he was calling into question the results of the election that he was, do you know you know what I mean? Like the things, yeah, the, the I, things think that's, that I think that's a great, I think that's a great point. If the, that's the case, the accusations, the accusations of incitement of the riot isn't limited to his speech she, on I'm the sorry, 6th. So she, she did vote to uphold the electoral college results. Oh, she did. Okay. She did. So I was incorrect. When, yeah. Well, then, it, then it makes more sense. That's more logically um, consistent to me. <clears throat> Yeah. So she I mean, she went into very great detail about before, during and after. And it seemed like the events after solidified some thoughts for her. She seemed pretty horrified by Trump's actual behavior after the fact, much more than even not. I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in people's mouths. Right. You can listen to her yeah. say it. But but that she focused on the after events and. I, you know, I found the rendition of events that she said have been backed by those who experienced them. And she also experienced them to be disturbing, honestly. You wanna, and, you know, do you want to share what some of those are? Or do you want to say that people listen to it on the, that other podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always so cautious when I do an interview like that because it's so sensitive to not put words in people's mouth. But right. it it sounded like while the insurrection was going on in the midst of it, the phone calls that were being made. To McCarthy in particular, I believe she named him, the phone call was Trump calling to say, do whatever you can to delay this further in the midst of people hiding under their desks. Yeah. You know, so and this bizarre conversation between McCarthy and him where McCarthy's saying, these are people wearing MAGA hats. These are your right. people. And this is now, a Republican telling this. She, and he's in total denial. Well, she can, she was confirming because that story was out there on the I think the day after the protest that that was what had Trump had done. Is she she was she saying there are even stories that he had done this or was she confirming that those stories were indeed she sounded to case. be confirming that oh, um, wow. she also said that she had gotten on the phone immediately while this is going on calling the White House telling them that he absolutely needed to take action immediately mm. to tell these people to stop Wow. Um, and so she was actively making phone calls as and again this is somebody who voted for him right. you know and and actively making those phone calls to try to intervene to say this ha you have to do this this is what i think you need to do and you need to do it right now and she really was basically she felt essentially horrified by it and that we and that in order to move forward in truth that she in fact the word she used was he gave a wink and a nod with some of the words that he mm. used she that's how she felt about it okay. now i know that that's 
A lot of people don't agree with that. This is the, you know, I'm not, I'm not endorsing what she's saying, but I found her version of it and her reasons compelling at yeah. the least. And I understand why she voted the way she did. Now, did she, did she seem to indicate that what he said while the, while the riots were happening, while the, while the riot was happening, that his comments like that phone call to McCarthy is what pushed her over the edge to vote to impeach or was she, would she have voted to impeach anyway? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I have some other quotes in front of me right now. Um, if she accused Trump of inciting the riot to, quote, halt the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. Interesting. She said hours went by before the president did anything meaningful to stop the attack. So that was another point of contention because she's sitting there calling like we need to do something now. This is a major deal yeah. and felt like nothing was happening. Instead, he and his lawyer were busy making calls to senators who were still in lockdown, seeking their support to further delay the Electoral College certification. The idea that instead of phone calls to make sure people are OK, the right. phone calls are this delusion of continue to delay this, yeah. stop this. That was the so, you know, we don't need to litigate it. But I think her I said to her, are you if this is the end of your political career, if this moment ends, you are out after this, you lose a primary because of it, was it right. worth it? And her quick answer was absolutely. Yeah. She said, I have to stand for what is true because she said, I serve King Jesus. I don't serve the Republican Party. I don't serve, you know. That's who I am accountable and, and to. I can, and I, I can I, respect that. I don't know how I would have voted in that impeachment. I mean, not because I because I don't know what they know, right? They're privy to more things, and it's very possible that I could be in her shoes if indeed those phone calls that happened during the riot happened, and they pushed her over the edge. I could I could see myself being pushed over the edge, like I don't know, and then suddenly that's what what's going on. Then suddenly you go, okay, well maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she felt the wink and the nod thing after. So even when it was acknowledged by him, she felt like it was still kind of, you know, a wink yeah. and a nod to those who who did it without a strong condemnation. At the end of the day, we'll have to see what happens. I find it compelling that 10, 10 Republicans doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot. Of, that's a lot of people to break away from the party line on something this big. Yeah. And so I don't know what those people knew or when they knew it or. But it is it is interesting. Well, especially so. when you think about some of the people who are involved, like Kitzinger. That's a that's he's not a he's not a nobody, right? Liz Cheney, she's not a nobody. And is yeah. she a, is she a is she a party? Uh, what what do we call her? A, a, one of the elitists? I don't think she's an elitist, but she's an establishment part. Her name's an establishment within the party. So you know, maybe she felt like she got nothing to lose. But uh, you know, she's kind of a George Bush Republican, I suppose. But she, I think she's pretty conservative. So I don't know. I but don't. she's definitely pretty conservative. I mean, I like yeah, her. Kitzinger. I've I've messaged with him since. I'm I'm interested in hearing these people's stories because let's be honest, you're not going to hear it from. Yeah. They're not going to get a fair shake. And here's the thing I want to say about that. And I don't want to give away this like whole discussion with her. But you know, she was saying that Democrats keep coming up to her in the ranks and saying, "Good job, like good job for what you did." And she's responding to them by saying, "Okay, well." Now it's your turn to figure yeah. out who in your party is not doing something right and needs to be called out. Yep. You know, it's great to come up to me and say, good job. But like, what is going on on your side that you need to stand up? And this she's not she's not happy that Biden won. That's right. it's so right. remarkable right. about this, obviously. Right. Um, anyway, it's yeah. good. It sounds like she's being at least consistent. So, she, yeah, absolutely. So Marjorie Taylor Miles, what do we think about her, Lucas? Oh, the, the green girl. I, I mean, I don't understand what the lasers. I mean, this whole had, some sort of Jewish lasers. What, what was I, the I don't even know. Yeah, what, what, was that the, what was the comment on that? 
I couldn't even I couldn't bring myself could, to read it because it was it. so bizarre. I mean the Q the Q and Anon stuff. I mean she she said she wasn't going to apologize. She has apologized. But do you guys think it is interesting to watch people debate this too, right? Being removed from the committee she was on, um, that's interesting to me. And then the conversation about her needing to be expelled. Yeah, or wanting people want to actually expel her from Congress, yeah. which it would take like seventy Republicans to join forces with the Democrats to do that. Yeah, I see. What I do don't. You think? Uh, Lucas, I would. I'd like, I'd like want to hear Lucas's opinion first. I mean, I think that you know, I mean, the support of QAnon and all that. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so that's. I think she's kind of lost her mind on some of this stuff, and is probably reading a few too many stories on the internet right now. Um, you know, I like. I mean, is there an agenda going on? Is there, you know, maybe some of the things that she might be talking about that are concerning for should be concerning for everybody? Sure. But, you know, the how she's approaching this seems to question sanity. I think it's the same kind of stuff that we saw with like Lynn Wood. And um, I think it's it's concerning. I think it should be concerning for people who are around her. I think that, you know, some of the statements that people have made about her are somewhat exaggerated from what i've read but there's still enough there that it's very problematic for her um like the sandy hook stuff right or the, the school yeah. shooting yeah sandy hook las vegas shootings that they were inside jobs or something or they were staged but so she's saying she doesn't believe these things anymore essentially like her her you know well, she, in her part, apology part of her claim is that she says she doesn't believe that she also claims that she did not necessarily post all those things to her websites or to her face her social pages um one of the accusations that was on a social page is that what 9-11 was an inside job right <laughs> you're talking you know nut job territory there yeah. and, she, and her thing about the lasers i looked it up is that so the the claim that the, the, the forest fires in california were not natural that that doesn't happen naturally what it does it also like can start, every year. right? Can start either lightning or people leave fires or drop cigarettes or there's arson sure. or whatever it is. And so she says that that PG and E, or at least not she. The claim was, again, attributed to her social media page, whether she posted it or not, was that PG and E, the energy company in California, along with the Rothschilds, which is a famous Jew, rich Jewish family, the Rothschilds, were using space lasers to start the forest fires to clear out areas uh, to make room for a high speed rail project. So that was one of the. Oh, wow, there's multiple layers to that. Oh one. yeah, well, conspiracies yeah. always have layers because that's the only way you can not prove them false. Did none of these things come? So here's what's interesting. I understand actually removing her from committees. I think that's I actually appropriate. I, you no, don't. No. I think if Congress wants to make that decision, they have enough votes to do it. Fine, but removing somebody from Congress who was elected, you're not elected to those committees. You're chosen within the ranks for those committees, but you're not elected to it. So I right. see a difference between removing somebody from a committee. And trying to remove them from Congress, let the voters remove them from Congress, yeah. in my view. But Chris, are you I saying think. that you don't think she should be removed from committees? No, no, I think she. I am fine if they choose if they have chosen to remove her from committees, even if it's a partisan thing. I, I frankly don't really care about that. I'm not sure I would want somebody who thinks these things on a committee to be honest with you making decisions. Um, but that I would say that's up to them, and they voted, they made that decision, right? But as far as removing her from Congress entirely. That's up to the voters. In See, my I, I agree. I think that regardless if she holds certain opinions, I mean, we have AOC holds opinions that I think are totally wacky. You know, I mean, statements of like the whole world's going to be gone in 12 years or, right. you know, all these things that she's, you know, that, that, that you know, we pull quotes from. Um, but 
but I don't think I think she sh- if she was voted in, she should be there. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think that you know this whole cancel culture getting to the point to where it's literally you know um, deteriorating. Uh, elections, I think, is yeah. really, really concerning. I, and see, I wouldn't. I disagree with removing her from committees. And now, the House can set whatever rules they want to. It's 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 up to them to enforce it. I just wouldn't vote to remove her from committees, and certainly not from from the House. But I would not re- vote to re- remove her from committees because all of these things were said that before, either before she was elected or before she was sworn into office. So mm-hmm. these were these were known things or knowable things before she was elected and or before she was put on committees. So once she's put on the committees, again, those things were all said before she was put on committees. They were all a on third the record. Of the, I mean, a lot of those things, a third of the the world, or at least a third of the country has probably thought one of those, at least at some point. Right. You know, I mean, I can remember, uh, I can remember listening to the live reports of when Sandy Hook happened and you know, there was there was a there was a news uh, or they had the uh, the police, you know, kind of um, they, it was a recording the police radio or something like that. And they were yelling about, you know, uh, we have we have a second guy over here. Da, 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 you know, go get him. Go, and, right. and he's in the woods. He's in the woods. And, you know, there's this whole clip of this. And that led people to go. There must have been a second person, you know. And so there's a second shooter and there's stuff left out. And it, it just started all these rumors and everything. Well, the police, I'm sure, were just chasing whoever they thought, you know, looked suspicious. And, right. and you know, I never heard anything else that came from that. Obviously, that and many other things sparked all the, uh, you know, all the conspiracy that goes with that. We could look at, I mean, how many documentaries were made about 9-11 being right. an inside job or, you know, um, all these things. <laughs> the connection between Sandy Hook and the Aurora, you know, um, Colorado shooting, you know, the, the, that uh, both of these guys' dads worked at the same place and they were controlled by the Rothschild. I mean, it's all right. like those things are all connected. I've heard that from so many people. And but when you're elected, first of all, we hope that you get you're privy now to new information uh, that's there. And it's a different thing that, oh, okay, I read that on the internet and I thought it was true for five minutes and I realized it was a fake story to now I'm in office and I'm speaking on behalf as an elected official. I think that's a different thing. So if these are things that are just said before she was elected, you know, I, I don't I don't think we should, you know, destroy um, you know, the vote of the people for, for the sake of, yeah. of, I, of just, I totally know, agree. And if, and if there were things that were said before she was put on committees and they were known or knowable, then yeah. why were you putting her on the committees to begin with? Once well, she's I'm not sure. I'm not sure people knew maybe that's not things. her fault. That's sure. Do your due diligence. Now, but, but I guess what I would say is, and here's the deal. Republicans can renominate her to those committees again. Can they not? So this could go. She's holding a press conference tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Right. So this is going to become a bigger thing. But could they not? I've, I've seen some people in the house tweeting would. that they should reassign her again um, to those committees. So, listen, I'm just saying I'm not defending it. I'm saying that I have no problem if that is what the rules are and they are able to do that and remove somebody. I do think there's They're a level of. To, oh, but within the rules of the house to expel a member. Right, but and you, I don't think right, they should exactly. do that either. I'm saying it is, but they need they need 70 Republican votes, which they're not going to get. I don't think. Right, but, but I don't think they should do it, even if they had the 70 Republican votes. Sure, I I agree that they probably shouldn't do that either. They should let the voters do it. I would say though, the amount and number of of strange views that are here they they impact national security. They impact. I mean domestic policy. There's a lot of issues that are in these conspiracy theories that she has that I think it's understandable why people would be uncomfortable having her on those committees. So I, I don't know at the end of the day, 
it's another nut. And the more we elevate the, the, the nutty views, the more Republicans look crazy. And that's what's just about to happen now. This is going to ramp up. Right, but and we're not, we're be... not, but we're not elevating her. They are right. Well, I don't know. I'm seeing and, a lot of Republicans who are jumping in with her. Well, yeah, because her, she's a, a because number. she's a Trumpist, right? She's a, she's a MAGA head. And so there's that. Well, that's why she, <clears> but here's, and here's what the, here's what the left is doing that we remember all 2018. What was our favorite thing to do with uh, Andrea, uh, you know, AOC was to say that this is who the Democratic Party is. This is who they are. They're all this way. They're all just like yeah. AOC. And now the Democrats are going, OK, it's our turn. And they're doing it to the Republicans. That's yeah, that's how it, well, that's, that's how the game is played. Don't we're like not it. looking. OK, like the conservative side, though, is starting to rival the Democratic side when it comes to the crazy train. And that the number of people in on the crazy train at this point, and I'm not talking about crazy policy views. I'm talking about people right. who appear oh, yeah, to be nutty, unhinged. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's more of them on the right. There's there tends yeah. to be. Let's see, more of the more of them on the right get attention than those on the left. That doesn't mean that there are more of them. I think that the, sure. I think the media goes out of their way to find the crazy right wingers. Yeah, so. it's not it's not very hard these days. But right. yes, I think you're probably right. And. Anyway, listen. You brought up AOC, which yes. there's a great. lot of AOC drama. You're gonna going make on. me. You're gonna make me defend. I'm this gonna woman, make him you? defend her. I'm gonna make you defend AOC. Oh my gosh! I had to do and it at work. I had to do it at work too. Thank you very not, much. Well, I mean, that's wonderful. I, I should applaud the staff for agitating you and making you defend her. She I lost my mind when I saw. And I'm just gonna laugh about the trend before I even knew what it was. When I saw Alexandra Ocasio Smollett trending, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> Dead. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's going to be good. It was so funny. Chris, why don't you fill us in on why? She's okay, being so okay, so she's being attacked right now. Red State did, Red State put out a story on Wednesday, on Wednesday, saying that Andrea Ocasio, Andrea Ocasio Cortez, AOC, was not in the Capitol building on the day of the riot, right? Which is factually true. What also happened, and because she because she was putting out these TikTok videos, how she felt threatened. I remember there's a story of a of a cop knocking on her office door, and she felt intimidated by him because she didn't know if that was really a cop or not. And he was actually there to evacuate and evacuated her and her her legislative director. That's not so, an unfair thing to be worried about. By no, the way. so I, I would so say, here's yeah. here's the, here's what I didn't understand about the story from Red State, and I still don't understand the hype that's going on. Red State goes, she was not in the building at the on the, at the time of the riot. Okay, she never said she was. She never even indicated she was. In fact, she explicitly said she was in her office and had to choose between hiding in a closet or hiding in the bathroom and chose the bathroom and kind of wished she'd chose the closet. And she was worried for her safety, legitimately so. And the reason it's legitimately so that she was worried for her safety is because a cop came to her office to evacuate her because they were worried about rioters coming to the Cannon office building, which is where her office is. Because I heard people on conservative radio today, and I'm not going to mention names because I wanted to, I wanted to reach through my computer, through my iPod machine, and strangle this person. They said, while AOC was blocks away. She wasn't blocks away. The Cannon Building is across the street, across the street from the Capitol Building where the riot was happening. And it's connected by a tunnel. And it doesn't take, and I heard somebody on Fox say, it takes like 10, 10 minutes to get to walk from that spot to that spot. No, there's a tunnel that goes underneath. It's got a little subway. You take the tunnel, you can walk that in probably three minutes. It takes no time. And if you're running and you're in a hurry and you're at, you know where you're going, you know who you're after, 
you definitely get there in a matter of two to three minutes. It would not. It would not. I mean, be. If, especially if you had your forty-yard dash time. No. I mean, yeah. I, I, you're you're, hila- you're hilarious. You you're hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying. I've walked those tunnels. I know it doesn't I've, take I've that been, long. I've, I've been in. Right? I've been you in walk, the tunnels over there. You walk right under the street and you hop right onto an elevator. It takes you any floor in the cap in the Cannon Building or in the Longworth Building or if you go to the Senate building to the Senate side. I mean, there's four. I think there's four House buildings and three Senate Office buildings. So uh, the, these folks are, are anyway. So I'm like I'm telling my coworkers, do not write stories on this. It is it is a lose lose for us. Can I make a point about this yeah. that I think where a lot of this is coming from? And I actually agree with your I think we have to be fair and we have to be honest. And the reality is she never said she was there. Right. She was in the complex. And let's be honest, like you just explained it, whether you were in the Capitol building or not, the offices are connected to it. They're they're within a few minutes of walking distance. Two of the house and, office buildings were evacuated. Right. And she was in one of the two buildings yeah. that were evacuated. Yeah. So. But I think her tweet on January 28th, the whole Ted Cruz thing, and I'll just read yeah. it. I think this is what's driving some of this. So she never said I was there. But when you re- when you listen to this tweet, it sounds like she was on the Senate floor in the middle of all this. Right. And right. that and so she said and she did. She didn't say that, though. But here's what she right. said. She said, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any of the GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. And, and she's she, responding to Ted Cruz and, here again. Right, but she wasn't specific. I mean, she is so egocentric that she said, right. you're trying to have me killed. Her point wasn't that she was trying, they're trying to have her killed. It's that I was one of the people that these people were looking for. There's a whole, they were coming after the government, including, by the way, the vice president of the United States. 100%. But you right. almost had me murdered. Right. You almost yeah, had right. me but murdered. But again, again if, she had been, if, she, from... if she had been killed, uh, if there had been, Say, say, God forbid, there had been 10 congressmen or 50 congressmen killed, right? All of those would have been murdered, right? So each one of those murdered people could have said, you had me murdered. I mean, and that's, again, I think that she was overblowing it. I don't think that Ted Cruz had anything to do with it, despite the fact that he was arguing against the certification. I think Ted Cruz's behavior during the election was a, shame, a national shame. I, th- I think I had I, that I, conversation I th- another day. I thought there so was some one unfortunate of the quotes stuff. from, this is NBC, um, from AOC, she said, we were very lucky that things happened within certain minute minutes that allowed members to escape the House floor unharmed. Many of us merely narrowly escaped death. True. And so, yeah, if you know the layout of the Capitol and where the offices are at, and she says she was in her office, then somebody like you, Chris, who spent a lot of time down there, you go, well, I know where she was at and I know what she's talking about. The whole rest of the country that has just assumes her office is in the exact same building. When you make a statement like, you know, that, that people barely made it off of the house floor and many of us merely narrowly escaped death. Right. It, it feels as though she's putting herself on the house floor with that statement. And and, and I understand nitpicking and the last person that needs to have me defend her is AOC. However, I will add to that. I will count, not counter that, but I will say I get having that mindset and here's why. I was at the Capitol on September 11th, 2001, right? We have an office in the basement of the Capitol. I could have very easily have been there. I wasn't. I was in, I was in my building um, uh, in my Senate office, but it was across the, across the street from the Capitol building, right? And they evacuated us because there was a threat. And we were all, we were all under threat, all staffers, all senators, all House members, all of them under threat. Now, the plane never made it there, right? But I could still say, 
thank you to the cops who evacuated us and got us out there because we don't know what, what could have happened, right? Sure. Got us out of there. I wasn't in the Capitol building. The, the plane never got there, but the plane was targeting the Capitol building. That's what it was, it was supposed to go. It wasn't headed for my building. My building's across the street. And again, I could get to the Capitol building in a matter of, of two, three minutes underground, but it wasn't coming for my building. Was Can there I... an impact? But yeah, we were all threatened. Everybody who worked in that Capitol complex was threatened. So I get, and, I get her saying that, especially in the heat of the moment about such a passionate thing and that is so fresh in your mind. You're going, they saved us. Oh, we could have been killed. Well, I probably wouldn't well, have been killed. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have. But that's well, not how it feels at the time and when, you're re- when well, you have also, the recollections of it. Well, also, there's a couple other things. I would actually say it, it, it was scary what happened. It was scary yeah. for all of us watching it to watch people – storm into the Capitol and to know that people did die in that. So I don't think she was wrong to be scared in those moments. And, and they I didn't have know it was going to be contained to the Capitol building. They didn't know uh, that those right. people weren't going to find the tunnels and go through. <clears throat> I was explaining with the tweet why I think some people are are making those connections sure. and they're assuming that she said things that maybe she didn't say. I do think that line was a little dramatic. But then again, people died. I mean, people died in but the again, midst of this, but right? I'm also, and, but I'm also saying, listen, is she? could she be playing – Playing us all for fools, absolutely. Could she have done said that intentionally to make it look like she was in the middle of it? Absolutely, especially considering her past and the way that she thinks of herself, apparently. But it is not outside the realm of hu- normal human behavior to put yourself in the situation or to appear to be putting yourself in the situation when you weren't really there because it was on us. Our capital was under attack. That's where I work. I didn't know if they were going to come down the tunnels or not, right? I don't, I don't blame her for saying... We felt threatened. I felt threatened. I thought I was going to be killed. Well, they never even got to your building. They even crossed the street. Well, that doesn't that doesn't matter that they didn't make it across the street. I get. Well, they were able to get to the capital. So I would imagine getting into the offices wouldn't. And why she wouldn't be specific. I understand why she wouldn't be specific, because that's not the feeling isn't about specifically me necessarily. It is about this is what's going on. And this is what we were all feeling. It's a silly battle to pick. And also, like, let's let's keep in mind and I know people get when you're being when you when you get into emotion and why people do what they do, our experiences shape us, right? And she did share that she was an assault survivor. We don't know what went what went on. She shared that. And so her reaction to what was going on, I can't speak for her, but I would imagine that if you have gone through something like that, that when an event like this happens, it triggers the things that maybe have happened to you Absolutely. and it puts you into an overdrive in the midst of that happening. And it was interesting to read some of the descriptions of fellow lawmakers. The, I forget which fellow lawmaker was explaining that AOC like walked into her office, didn't even communicate with her and started opening thing like opening drawers and closets to figure out where she could hide. Mm-hmm. She's like, what are you doing in here? Like right. she just walks in because she was so panicked apparently yeah. in that moment. So there is evidence from other people that, you know, she was experiencing a panic about what was going on. So sure. listen, AOC fighter on bad ideas and, and stupid things, but I guess have some grace for maybe what she was feeling. Well, and this. I think, I mean, Lucas can attest to this as a, as a pastor, I'm assuming even more than we can. If you've dealt with people who have been through trauma and as, as, as I have, but not necessarily in the way that maybe Lucas has people who have experienced sexual abuse or, or trauma of that sort or, or, or threats to their life or what they're going to react in a way that isn't necessarily the way that we would say is the normal way to react. Right. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, no, we, I mean, I certainly we're bringing our experiences into situations. We, we see everything through that, through that lens. And I think that, look, you don't know what's in somebody's heart. You know, there's certainly part of me based upon, you know, AOC's policy history, based upon her politicking, 
that that hears this and goes, you know, never, never let a crisis go to waste. Right. Right. Because we're seeing that and we're seeing that played out a lot. And the way this has been used to weaponize really against the GOP, against conservative Christians, against, you know, um, you know, anybody that has an American flag or something hanging in front of their house. You know, I mean, that that lends itself to to that sort of judgment. Now, as a fair person, can I guarantee that that's what she was doing? No, because I don't know her history. I don't know what's there. And and I think that, you know, it's I understand people that would suspect that of her or that would criticize her about it. I also can understand that, hey, you know what? I don't care if she's a Democrat, Republican or socialist, like somebody who's going through something like that. It can induce fear. It can bring back past memories. And um, and look, you you don't know. I mean, in reality, and I think this is very overlooked in this whole thing, you know, what you can look out your window and probably see that day was 100,000 people. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't know that only 200 of them or whatever it was are the ones that are causing the problem. You're just worried about this whole mass of people because you're viewing them through a slanted lens. I mean, what we saw a lot of the aftermath videos was Trump supporters picking up trash and helping people out and all those things that haven't been talked about. But if you are already afraid, you're already slanted towards that. Could it produce this fear? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think what you're saying is fair. Um, You know, the the part of me that is is so, you know, just fed up with socialism does not, you know, love this. But but look, I agree. Is this where we should? Is this the battle? No, it's not the battle. Um, I, I think it's better than just giving her a pass on it. Or I think it's just better to say, look, I don't have an opinion. Yeah. I don't have an opinion on this issue. You know, I'm not going to use this as the thing that I'm going right. to go after her for. Um, it was a traumatic day, I think for everybody. And, and no matter what side, you know, the aisle that you're on and there's, there's way more things that, that we have to really, you know, I think debate and, and, and address yeah. than, than that. Right. I, I said, listen, I, I wouldn't spend my political capital on it. Like, like you said. And I, I also don't blame somebody like Red State coming out and say, listen, this girl, this lady's got a, a history. She's got a track record of making everything about herself for being a drama queen all that. Listen, I get it. I totally 100% get it. I think you made a very good point, Lucas, and that is you look out the window, you see 100,000 people. I would add to that 100,000 people that were supposed to be 200 yards away from those steps at the Capitol. Those barriers were set up 150 to 200 yards away from the west front of the Capitol. Right. And they broke through them, knocked over cops and then went up to the steps and then broke through another barrier and went up those steps and then knocked over cops and broke into the Capitol building. You don't know. Listen, all hundred thousand of those people that, that went through that first line already crossed the line. And you don't know what other lines are going to cross of those hundred of that hundred thousand people. Now, thankfully, as you said, maybe just a few hundred actually went in and caused serious problems. But you you don't know in that situation. You know what I would bet? I would bet that I would bet you that uh, that Vice President Pence was as nervous as AOC was to a degree, or at least Mrs. Pence, because she was there too. Sure, right. Sure. So was it, so was his daughter yeah. Charlotte. Pence. I, I will bet you. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you that if we asked, if we had a chance to talk to Charlotte, I know Billy's had a relationship with Charlotte. If you had a chance, I, to did, talk, I did talk to her about this right. actually. I, I would <laughs> yeah. bet, and I don't want to put words in her mouth. I'm, but I'm just guessing that she would have a very similar reaction to what AOC had. 
Right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people also didn't know AOC probably had more information than people in the Senate did about what was going on. Yeah. Being not in, you know what I'm saying? Like being not sure. on the floor. Right. A lot of those people were locked down and had to flee. If you're in your office, you have access to your computer, to the internet, to yep. the ability to actually watch in real time the news. So I would imagine the Pences and others probably didn't know the full scope of what was actually going on. They knew it was a situation. They, you know. Um, until it was actually unfolding at the end of the day, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to grant her grace on it and pick actual battles and fights with her. And how do you show, I mean, if people are so concerned about, you know, getting AOC to see the error of her ways and getting AOC to see the truth of the gospel, you know, battling with her about whether or not she went through trauma or felt is not going to be the way to do it. Actually, you know, maybe well, listening to her or, is that's, the way getting, I mean, this, getting her in my listen. opinion, this, to some degree, and when I first heard the story, my initial reaction was, here we go, another AOC doing, you know, drama, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But I, I think that, I mean, after having time to think about it, to look at it a little bit more, I think the perspective is like, I just don't have to have an opinion about this. It's really easy to to almost weaponize fringe, what I would call fringe Christians um, against biblical Christianity or conservative Christianity, whatever you want to call this, um, with, with these you know, it almost becomes like a post-traumatic church disorder story. Yeah. You know, I was hurt by the church. Those Christians who were supposed to love me, yeah. you know, instead they threw me under the bus and they did this to me and they did that to me. And, you know, and I think that it's it. Uh, part of that is, if we're honest, it's because we don't agree with her. We think she's wrong. You know, we think she's taking a lot of things in the wrong direction. And it's just easy to be slanted when yeah. you see that. And the problem is, I don't think the left offers that same level of compassion or consideration when something happens to somebody on the right. Right. And they're not going to be nice like this. They're right. not going to say, hey, you know what? I understand. Right. But they don't claim to be either. Right. We claim. We claim. It's we claim no. they, yeah. Now, now right. they're claiming to be the beacon of Christianity. Right. Now but, they're claiming to be right. the spiritual elite. I but mean, they, that is what's happening. That's new for Biden's prayer breakfast right. today. But that's new. You know, that's new for them. Right. Yes, we're it, trying, it we're trying, to, yes, we're exactly. trying to stay consistent. And so, but here's here's one thing that did tick me off about it in the, the aftermath, and that is that she sent out an email last night telling listeners, you know, there are people who are lying about me. You need to report them to Facebook, Twitter, and get them pulled off Twitter or get their content. Now, that's a problem. Now, I can debate with her about that all day long and take a stand on that, right? Right? I can, that's why, you know, yeah. you, you, I'm trying to get, you're in my good grace. I'm trying to get along with you and offer some grace, and then you go and pull that. Are you kidding me? And well, she should and I, also yeah. understand that people, I mean, to me, now, you know, weeks away from that incident, if I had somebody saying, you know, hey, you weren't there, da, 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 to me, the appropriate response would be coming at back and saying, hey, you know what? I can understand in the heat of the moment and people that don't know the geography of these buildings and the locations and everything else didn't have the information that I had. Why a statement like what I said would give the implication of this. And first off, Although I felt under threat, and I believe I was to a degree, I certainly was not under the same threat as everybody who was on the House floor. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, like there's all sorts of statements that could be made Absolutely. to soften this on her side and to make it very clear that she wasn't trying to use the situation now after the fact. But, you know, we're not seeing that from what from what I've been able to see so far. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. I do think you're right, Chris, about the whole like trying to get people canceled from social media. We saw this with focus on the family and their daily citizen account being locked. You know, there's a there is a yeah. real move. And this is a country we live in a country that 
has really valued free speech and expression, not always perfectly. We haven't always done it the right way, but we're taking a real turn from that right now. And at the end of the day, silencing ideas you don't like that are benign ideas, right? Ideas that good Americans hold, good Americans, lots of great people will disagree about a lot of a lot of different things. Silencing those views rather than having conversations isn't only lazy, it's actually dangerous to the yeah. country. And it's dangerous to really the fabric of what makes America what it is. So I would agree with you there. All right. Well, you we had, solved a lot of problems. We did. You, had, you know, you had one other topic on this list that you gave us, Billy. <laughs> Do we have so, Go ahead. I'm actually thinking that we should tackle it next week. Okay. Um, and the topic is evil. I wish we got We have to get people a way to communicate with us during the week. Like well, maybe I've our got, Facebook page. I've, I've got your phone number. We could put that out there. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. I, so if you're listening, go to the Church Boys Facebook page and post comments, questions about evil, even perspectives. Like I want to know what the key question is. And this is what we can deal with next week in part, along with other antics, as we move more away from, from God, right, as a culture, as we become more secular, does it open up these vacuums where evil can come in more? Do we see evil seep more into our culture? And and when I say evil, I'm talking about people's behavior. I'm actually also talking about you know demonic evil. I'm talking about all of it. Like, does evil fill that vacuum, right? Because you do have countries right, like Norway where nobody believes in God and they're apparently living in tranquility without a lot of murders and whatever. So it's an interesting topic, but in America, we could at least say, okay, Oh crap, things are not going well. Like we're moving away from God and things are getting, they seem to be getting worse. So what do you guys think about that topic and inviting people to give us on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter as well? Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, and you have our accounts. I think that's, that's, uh, that's great. And, you know, I, I think it's a great topic. I think that this is um, there's certainly concerns of that. Sometimes it, is it is it just a perception that things are bad? Is it the perception of this it just because of the media and social media and all this sort of stuff? Or is that really the case? I mean, I have pockets of of things that I've been seeing where I've been very encouraged, you know, about some of what I'm seeing that's out there. But I do think there is a general like heaviness, especially for a lot of Christians that they feel concerned about this kind of evil growing and people distancing themselves from God and everything else. So I think it'd be definitely worth the conversation. And you have both of those things, right? Pockets yeah. of growth at the same time that everything is going to hell, right? Yes. So Pastor Lucas is going to take us through that. We're going to, but we're going to talk about this next week. I think it's important. And maybe we'll even, I know we're, we're talking about a number of guests who are going to be coming on yeah. in a few weeks, but maybe we'll, we'll bring in another theologian as well to talk about this with us. Be fun. You, cool. you and two theologians. Somebody you know, Lucas sm- is very somebody busy smarter than the church fathers. Somebody smarter than Lucas. I'm finishing the city of God tonight. I'm just going to say that I have like hey, I read 12 that, pages. I read that once and it was probably enough for me. <laughs> I haven't read a book that's longer than a coloring book since I can remember. So congratulations. It might be my new favorite book. I, the city Confessions is probably ahead of me. I see. Oh. I read Confessions and City of God. I think I think City of God is probably I would prefer over it. But whatever. yeah. It's good. Well, I'm glad you all have time to read. It's very impressive. No, I read this um, a long time ago. I haven't read them since. I'm kidding. Well, yeah, I didn't even know you knew how to read. So. Well, <laughs> I got the Reader's Digest version, so it's abridged. Right. Like six yeah. pages. No, and so the, the, are we making a promise that we're having a guest on next week? Yes. I feel like well, we are. Listen, we're, we are going, I'm making a promise that you're going to do your best to get a guest on the show. How about that? We will have a guest on this show, even if it is you impersonating my mother. Oh, she hasn't called in some time. 
Oh, how's, no. she, how's she? How's she? How's her health, Billy? Oh, you know what? <laughs> My guess is she's going to be very proud of you with that SAG invitation I know. that you got her there. Yeah, and I hope to be the proud over, owner of a COVID vaccine too. I know you two won't be getting one, but um, I'm excited. For wait mine. a second. Remember, we talked about that. I, in fact, yeah. I have, so I would like to add, pose this. Okay, I know we're trying to end, but I want to pose this question. Say that you were a staff <laughs> member at a school and perhaps a coaching position, and okay. the school had gotten um, permission or clearance for coaches to get the vaccine, like in the next week. Would you get the vaccine? Yes, I would. I'm I'm not like an anti-vaxxer. I don't think that for the general, again, I think for the, I mean, the stats for COVID for the general public that are healthy and within a certain age range is not super scary, Yeah, you know? And I think that you always have to weigh it, you know, with preconceived conditions and other issues that vaccines can kind of, you know, exacerbate and make worse. I've had a lot of vaccines because of all the travel that I've done. Right. I, there's a few that I wish I hadn't have gotten. Um, is it because rabies they, vaccine being it, one of them. Is it because it made uh, you ill? Well, you were scratched by a cat, a wild cat. Yes, I was. And I mean, it, I felt like it, I still feel like I probably would have done it again in the position I was in. Right. But I wish I didn't have to have that happen. Um, but why? Because, is, it because, is it the side effects? Yeah, I, I think okay. side effects that come through that, everything else. So, you know, it just... Um, yeah, but I mean, is that look, worse than getting like strep? If there was a strep shot, I'd take that crap in a second. I, who wants strep? Who wants the flu? Who wants? If the shot is not going to kill me or give me a sixth finger on my right hand, see that's I'm my only take- that's that's my only hangup. Right, my wife has more hangups than I do on on vaccination. Now she's not. Yeah, anti, what's your concern? She's not anti-vax. My only concern, my only one. It's not putting somebody healthy in front of you know older people. I'm not concerned about that because I really don't care about other people, as everyone knows. I'm not concerned about the vax. I'm not certain, concerned about you know the, the what the anti-vax people say that it's or, or, or the people who are talking about like well it's made from embryos. Or, I don't, I don't, none of that bothers me right now. I, I'm not concerned about the politics of it. My only concern is the fact that it is it is new, and sure. I don't know. We haven't hasn't been around long enough for us to know what the long-term effects are. And so, as Billy said, if it's not going to have me grow a sixth finger, well, we don't know. It's only been given, been put in people's arms for the last month. Have you had other, like, lots of vaccines? Have you had other stuff? I've had, well, whatever you have to have to be a student in school, public school. I've had yeah. those things. And I've yeah. had, you know, I've had, like, flu shots and stuff before. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I think I've had a flu shot. Before. I've never had a flu shot. I think I've had one once, I think. Billy, did you get a flu shot? This was the first year I ever got a flu shot in my life. What was your hang up on getting a flu shot? I just, I really, honestly, I had only had the flu like once or twice. And I was like, eh, you know, is it really something that I want to do? I had heard all these rumors that people would get a cold once they got the flu shot. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to get a cold anyway, you know, I might as well. And now I'll get one every year because honestly, this year, so many people got flu shots. It was like historic, the number of people who showed up to get them. And uh, I think it probably helped. And if I can avoid getting it, you know, like I, I was being silly before. It was based on really nothing. Because guess what? They're not actually putting the, the flu into your arm. Right. Right. Which I thought they were because I'm an idiot. So, you know, I just I don't know. I listen, I, I share your concern about the COVID vaccine. But 
if we want to get back to normal, and I know this is a slippery slope, I really just don't care anymore. Put the shot in my arm. Yeah. Let me go out and twerk in the middle of the street without a mask on. Okay, that's all you, I want. As do. you and I have this though, they're saying that you still can't do that because right. they don't know after you've had the shot if you can still transmit it. Right. So they're still. Well, you can transmit it. No, right. you can. You they can. So the no, so the no twerking for that. me. No, they do. Know, they do know that you can. I mean, at least they were saying this months ago that Fauci was saying even if you get the shot, it's you're not not getting COVID. You can still be infected with COVID. It's diminishing the effect of what COVID is doing to you. So you might not feel that you have it. It actually puts other people at risk who don't have the shot then. Right. Because that you don't even know you have it now. So in my house, I have two kids and a wife who already got the vaccine. My wife already has the vaccine. So. Now everybody could be bringing COVID home and nobody is going to have symptoms, right? So that would actually put me at a greater risk technically because I wouldn't know. My wife wouldn't be like, I don't feel well. But yes, you can trans... From what I know, you can transmit it still. Well, with the it's the combination of all, all the women could be bringing it home and this. In his, shall we say, weight group, what is morbidly obese. They I, am, I am in a weight group, actually, that would make getting the shot make sense. <laughs> technically... Uh, even though in New York that doesn't speaking, matter, speaking and we of, and I know people who are who have gotten of, it for weight. Oh, speaking of young. being in a weight group to get I mean, the look, shot, I, I had COVID. It, I, I didn't. I your bones were aching. It. Your bones. I did not enjoy it. It was the the bone aching was not. I mean, it was impressive how bad the bone aching was. Really? It was really impressive, yeah. but the the shortness of breath was not fun. Um, but it was it was more the hype and the fear around it of just kind of wondering like okay does this mean I'm gonna stop breathing in the middle of the night or whatever you know I never had an emergency procedure I never I had, I had emergency inhaler I never had to use it um, and I also go like we don't know how long that's immune I'm immune for you know yeah. so for me right now you know I've not done an antibody test which I probably should but I'm not sitting there like worried about I'm operating normal you know right. I'm I'm having meetings I'm doing all those things because. I had COVID and, you know, I feel like, okay, I'm good. Right. Um, but I'm not, you know, I had family members that just got the vaccine. I'm not, I'm not an anti-fax guy. I think that, you know, it probably makes sense for some people if they're, especially if there's concern about it and with as new as this is and, you know, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm ready for life to get, I do to have get the, back. But I do have the concern though, that, that the government can say, well, if you'll just do this one thing or not do this one thing, then we can be back to normal. So what yep. then? What then? What what do they take away next and say? Well, if you'll just do this one thing, that's, it'll be back that's to normal. Where I'm I, at, have, Chris, I have. I just feel like we're going to keep adding to that list, right. and it's like, how compliant are you? Right? Are you compliant? I mean, I was walking down the hallway at my. I have an office building, and they're wonderful people. Right. Um, I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not, but they are wonderful people. But there's a rule in the building that you wear masks in common areas. Okay, which is obviously very common in most, right. you know, probably public buildings like that. When we're in our office suite, you know, we kind of do what we, you know, what everybody's comfortable with, but, uh, or sitting at your desk or whatever, you take it off while I'm walking down the hall. I'm just sitting there walking down the hallway and I got, I'm like, it is, it is like February. I don't know, whatever the date is. Um, I don't even know what the date is today, February 4th. And I'm walking down the hallway as a grown adult. I'm a man. I'm almost 42 years old. I'm a man. I'm 40. And I have a black cotton like panty mask over my face walking down the hallway like what is happening like why am i complying with this you know and it's it's hard to and and i know that it doesn't fully do what everybody yeah. says it does oh, yeah. and i know i haven't washed it in a really long time you know like this is why but and you look like you care. Compliance, it bothers me yeah you look like you care though that's the important thing 
Yeah, I did. I was. I looked yeah, like Chad, I really cool. yeah, You have fully complied with whomever gave you those awful glasses. <laughs> I ordered these myself. I actually like them. Did I just you, I love mocking you that they look like Elton John. So, they, so they when look you, exactly like your glasses, except for better. Okay. Except they're orange, like Elton so, John's. Okay, so you're they're, they're, they're blue light, and we're back to this again. They're blue light specials or whatever they're called. Yeah. So when you look through them, do things look different? No. Um, there's a little more glare. So like I can, you know, like again, if I tilt my head, you can see kind right. of the light glare. So they're very like reflective of stuff. Now they came with a little test pen. So they give you this blue, this blue light pen, a laser, and they give you this little thing that you shine it on. So you okay. shine it on this piece of paper and the piece of paper lights up with those rays. You put the glasses in front of it and you shine the light over that, you know, paper, mm -hmm. but through the glass and there's zero reaction oh, to really? the paper. Yeah, wow. It's pretty interesting. That is so interesting. These are, these are some, I mean, they're not, they weren't crazy expensive, but of blue light glasses, they're probably a more expensive variety of blue light glasses that are out there. I, but I've got, I, I've noticed a difference at night. Okay. So I like, I have a, I have a pair of motorcycle glasses that are clear, right? Yeah. But when I put them on and I'm on the road, everything is clearer. I mean, it's like, mm. I don't know what it's cutting out, but yeah. everything is clear. It's like I put they on. match your pink boots? Are, are they, do they work with them? No, they go well, with my, they go with I my say green that boots. I will say when I put them on, Billy is skinnier than. <laughs> so they're magic glasses then. <laughs> Poor Billy. I hate you. Uh, join the club. So we ever going to get, um. Oh, who's the abortion girl? We're gonna get her get Bear back on. Abby Johnson. Yeah. The fourth church boy. We need to get her back on. <laughs> the church boys. But make no mistake, there will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection against the United States.